Hello and welcome to It Takes Courage to Tell the Truth. This podcast features interviews from women around the world focusing on birth, business, sustainability, health, sex, death, and money. I'm your host, Eleanor Bancroft. In this episode, I chat with Arakai Moon. Arakai is tuning in from Mexico, so please be patient with us as some of this chat drops out just due to internet. Um, but during this conversation, we look at astrology through the psychic lens and dismantle the smoke and mirrors that society has placed upon us in order to see what nature's real language and truth is, and that is the reading of the planets and the rhythms of the cycle around us. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome back to the show. Um, today I am joined with a special guest, Arakai Moon. Arakai, welcome. Thank you. Um, Arakai, you are tuning in all the way from Mexico. I am so excited to have a chat with you and explore your mind and your expertise um, with the following themes. But before we begin, I just would love to ask you a little bit about your story. Um, your relationship to your work and how you've gotten to where you are right now. My work is predominantly devoted to astrology, I feel like. So I would consider myself an astrologer. I'm also really passionate about bringing through um, the filter or the lens of seduction and power and attachment and intimacy. And so in that, I feel... I've used my, the last 10 years that I've been devoted to studying and dieting, in a sense, the plants and the planets. Um, I've devoted myself to healing for the first part of my journey. I was in an um, intense motorcycle wreck, and I ended up needing to heal my, like, so many different parts of my body. And at the time, I was actually going to school to be a nurse, and so I was, I was really trying to work with people in like disaster relief or anything like that. I was always wanting to live in the jungle. And when I moved to the Philippines when I was 20, I ended up working with babies that were um, in the ICU room and, and they were really sick and dying. And then I just had this really intense, you know, egoic disillusionment of just my whole life of what I thought was real or what I thought was, it was black and white was just suddenly unraveling before me. And so I came back really with that intention of, of being able to educate myself so that I could offer something and so that I could really learn how to offer something that would be healing. And in that journey, I, I realized that I actually hate Western medicine. And I know that's a pretty strong thing to say, but um, I, I never found anything healing about Western medicine. And um, though I was never intending on living in America or, or participating in the Western medical system, I was actually educating myself through that way, which was also a severe compromised <laughs> to everything. Um, and so when I was in the motorcycle wreck, it really helped me kind of reclaim my path as a healer and, and as, uh, as a, a creator in a sense of, of how do I want to educate myself? And I unhooked from the 
education system entirely. And I devoted myself to learning how to heal the body through, I was immediately like divinely guided to my teachers. And so I just dove into um, studying the body through um, Chinese medicine and Qigong and um, Lomi Lomi, you know, the Polynesian form of body work and Thai um, and Thai elemental theory. And so I really devoted a lot of time to the healing. Um, and then I moved to the jungle and then I devoted all my time to like detox facilitation and dieting with the plants there. And so there's this emphasis on how do we detox? How do we heal? How do we like break down and like get all the shit, all the plastic, all the chemicals, all the traumas, all the wounds, you know, and work it out. And what I realized after so much time, um, you know, I have healed myself in tremendous ways um, that I'm super grateful for. And, and, you know, working with so many people in, in this capacity as well. But yet there was still this place where it was like this victim perpetrator hero dynamic, healer dynamic that was going on. And it just felt like we're going to endlessly be helping people heal. It's like an endless journey of like detoxification and like drudging out the traumas and the wounds. And I started to feel like actually people are almost more comfortable being in that space, being in their like, victim trauma childhood wounds than actually stepping into their empowered creator like what is it that they're here for like what is what is that next step of like really being devoted to the you know and what i call like the transcendental or like the dragon state the flow the the, the magical realms and so i guess long story short as i'm just devoting myself now to creating um, a way that we can embody that more. And of course, in the journey of learning how to create, how to be that vessel of art, um, we have to heal the shit, you know? But I think if like the journey is to actually create and step through that, it gives us just a pathway through it um, in a sense. And so I guess why I devoted myself to astrology through that journey is that, um, you know, I've been able to see and, and, be navigating because I'm I, I've had psychic vision my whole life and so I was seeing you know the patterns of bacterias and diseases and sexual childhood trauma and all of this inside of the people's bodies when I'm working with them and especially like in detoxing and and dieting with the plants I started to really isolate and see like what the plants look like inside of somebody or what does like the the vibration or the spirit like mythos of mold or candida like how does that you know, look inside of all these different people and inside of all the different patterns in like our society in a sense. And uh, what I didn't realize is I was actually tracking planetary transits and I was tracking not only what Uranus looks like, but also what is Uranus filtered out over the collective consciousness. And then like what happens when that touches somebody's chart like somebody's universe inside of them that's you know our chart is encoded in us and like when some a planet comes and it's like almost like your numbers up you know it like triggers that part of you and whatever karma whatever experiences you have with that planet or that you know resonance or vibration will trigger these things that i thought looked quite like entities and um, they look like these are in spirits and diseases and all these patterns you know and i was like get the spirits out of the people and get all the you know like detox the shit out and it's like actually these are like low octave frequencies of tremendously powerful um 
beings and elements that we have available to us. I love that. You know what I hear so much through that is that like the the space of wellness or the path to wellness is actually the path to magic and to reclaiming the magic that we all innately have. I mean, the problem a lot with our society is, and you grew up in America, so you I'm sure can speak to this, but the system isn't set up to make us be magical. It's set up actually to prevent us from finding our magic with things like illness, trauma, and so forth. And I love the idea of like, like the more that you kind of clean yourself, rip yourself inside out, the more that you can connect cosmically to what's going on around us. Because I think for so many people, astrology, especially in, in the society I grew up in, is kind of like a horoscope at the back of a um, newspaper or the back of a you know magazine that you would read when you were younger without understanding that it's so much more than that superficial sense of what it is. What does astrology mean to you? Yeah, I mean, that's a, such a good question. I love that you brought it up of just, you know, the back of a horoscope magazine or these, these kind of superficial ideologies or um, memes that we find with astrology. And I think that that's actually, it's not, there's, it's not a coincidence that that's what we feel because there's, it's, it's, there is a reason that astrology has been degraded and made um, superficial and um, monetized and, and yeah, just degraded in a sense of, of um, it, it's been a plan. You know, it was taken from us the same time that the plants were taken from us, the same time that the feminine like birth rights and death rights and these different like ways of holding ourself as a society together of, of us being able to be empowered and weave our, our story and our life into a context that fits the whole. Um, it was degraded at the same time as that. And so it's, it's one of the greatest tools that we have. It's a, it's a psychological map, but it's beyond that because it's, it's not just about understanding all the different parts of us. It's also about understanding how we fit in the whole, like what part of the like fruiting body of like the mushroom, you know, are, are we in that mycelial web that is like spanning throughout all of time? You know, I feel like the planets throughout all of history and every single culture, we've been tracking what happens to us, you know, when Jupiter meets Saturn or when Saturn and Pluto conjunct and like what happens to us on in a collective way. And it's like from the, like the actual finding of the planet or from, you know, the different, the circles and the, the spirals of this, these are like the huge evolutionary leaps in a sense that we have as a, a collective and we can track it throughout all of history, which is so fascinating that, you know, we can say, okay, Saturn and Pluto throughout all of history has had at least that we've been tracking and writing it down has this flavor to it. And so when Saturn and Pluto happened, you know, this year, it's like, it was very obvious that it was either going to be a world war or there's going to be a plague of sorts, that it was going to affect um, our economy, that it was going to affect our boundaries, you know, our border systems. And it's like unprecedented, all the borders shut down, you know, like the economy crashed, you know, the plague in a sense happened. So it's just, um, you know, there's these ways in which it, it not only gives us immediately 
you know, tools of how to like navigate our own, you know, personal relationships, but it also helps us as a species to understand what's coming next, what's available to us and how are we able to, to really navigate ourselves as a society and as individuals in a way that would actualize on that um, on that energy that's being given to us. You know, it's like if you're going to a place and you know, well, this land has a lot of water and they have a lot of salmon. Well, it's like, okay, well then there's a lot of shit you can make with the salmon. And mm. there's, there's a way in which you can, you know, like, prepare your body for the amount of heat or for the different seasons and cycles that it has, you know, there's all these different ways we can, um, that we need to create balance inside of our own ecology in a sense. Um, it's toddler-esque in a way um, to assume that like only the sun and the moon are the ones that affect us or only, you know, the plants and the waters and the things that we can see, touch and feel and, and taste and, you know, understand that if we mix this plant with this, then our liver does this. It's like, there's also been, you know, it's, it's just a, a, a very profound um, ancestral wisdom that's been given to us throughout every culture of, of how to get in touch with the subtle energies of the planets and, and how they affect us and like, what, what does Jupiter affect and how does that affect our physiology? You know, and to me, when I started to really see my clients and be like, whoa, you're having an, a Uranus opposition right now, just because I was witnessing their nervous system and what their nervous system was doing. And then being able to tell them, like, are you experiencing this? And they were just like breaking down, being like, I was about to go to the hospital. I thought I was going crazy. And it's like, no, this is normal. You actually need to do this to, to navigate it. And it's so it's, it's beyond just like, oh, your personality is like this, which is really important, too. Um, but it's like when these things are affecting our nervous system and our hormones and, you know, it's, it's a big deal. <laughs> it, that is, in a sense, affects everything that we create if it affects our hormones, <laughs> if it affects our nervous system, that affects every aspect of our engagement with life, you know? Absolutely. And you, you spoke like about it affecting our personality, but how does astrology tie in with the psychological lens in which you look through? Mm, well, I, I think that that's, I mean, I, I am obsessed with psychology. I, I, it's just, I've been studying it since, I was 20 and it just feels really, um, yeah, powerful to be able to understand what's going on uh, neural, like physiologically, what's going on psychologically, what's going on interdimensional because I'm psychic. So I always need to, to piece things together in this, in, you know, interdimensional way so that I understand what it, what all that I'm seeing. And I guess how it, it works psychologically is that I feel like psychology is kind of the study of you know, what do we create emotionally and interrelationally based on our physiology, based on, you know, our neurology, based on our, um, you know, childhood, our, um, our elements that are around us, you know, our culture. It's like, it's like the study of what we end up doing emotionally and psychologically or yeah, emotionally and um, interrelationally because of everything around us. And I think that adding in the planets to that subtle understanding and awareness is so powerful because also they're, they're cyclical. And so we can track them in a, in a very, um, 
yeah, like a pattern oriented way. Um, and then also because it's just like if you got to know a plant and you're like, every time I take this plant, it makes my belly fiery and I like digest a lot. And then if I take too much, I like can't digest because I'm too hot. And, you know, it's like we know how it affects us. And that's in a sense what we've learned about the planets. And it's, you know, people can argue like we've put these, um, you know, ideas and characteristics on top of Aries or on top of Mars. And it's maybe not really Mars, but it's actually like, you know, of course, we're going to project our own feelings onto, you know, anything, a plant or an animal or anything around us, but that doesn't negate that it has its own soul consciousness, its own elemental constitution. And a lot of times the planets are they're reflecting back to us a certain vibration, a certain color. And how we receive that from Earth is a, in a large part, I think, of how we then integrate that, that energy and that medicine, in a sense. Um, and I think that with anything that's dealing with like the archetypal world, we have like a morphogenetic field that the, you know, that humans are um, able to connect to. And what that morphogenetic field is that, you know, anything that's red, we attribute it to sex, blood, you know, war, arrows, passion, you know, it's, it's, it's connected to everything that kind of resonates with that. And it's like, we can peel these different things apart, but we also, they also like represent parts of each other too, in a sense, you know, it's like when Mars gets squared by Saturn, it's like we're the part of us that is wanting freedom, that wants to move in the world, that wants to self-actualize, the, the part of us that has energy and fire and passion and, you know, physicality is, is going to feel that roadblock, is going to feel that, that, um, that dampening or that challenge of um, external authority or whatever it is that these planets represent. So to me, I guess it's, um, yeah, it's, it's like the planets are the ones kind of bringing the ceremony in a sense, like bringing all the, the elements of, of what we're working with. And then to me, the study of psychology is how do we deepen our understanding to what causes the things that it causes? Like how, you know, what is like, you know, the stages of development, you know, like if we understand childhood trauma and how to work with it, then we're going to immediately understand a lot more of how to work with our cancer and our Capricorn and our Aquarius or anything that resonates with trauma and interrelational or attachment and bonding and all of those things. And so to me, the astrology is like the Aries to Pisces is the evolutionary journey. It, it is a depiction of every developmental stage of our psyche. And so everything that any human can experience is found within the journey of Aries to Pisces that we've so far been able to identify. And so if we learn anything really, but psychology is, I think, the study of development <laughs> um, a lot of times. And so I think if we study anything, we should be able to plug it into any one of those 12 archetypes. I totally because agree. Because they're in a sense like the masters of that developmental stage. 
Yeah, I, you know, I recently found out with astrology that basically um, every sign that comes after you encapsulates the sign that becomes before them. So in saying that, like, if I was Aries, I only have the component of like Aries, I guess, you know, but you have the component of the rest of the planets in your chart. But like, say, for example, Pisces, which is the last, it encompasses all of the other planets and all of the other horoscopes that come before them, which I think is so fascinating because it shows that even though we're individually operating by different planets or one can feel like it pulls more than the other, um, we essentially can understand all components of each other because we're made up of all different components of each other. And, you know, you're an Aries, but just because you're an Aries doesn't mean that's the only energetic thread you have running through your body. I guess, can you talk a little bit about the complex nature of astrology, because I know that back to the superficial space, people only see themselves as their sun sign, but there is so much more. Totally. Um, Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. It's, it's really important part of it that we have all 12 planets um, and then we have asteroids and everything else that we're um, working with. But if you just work with the planets, it's, you have the internal planets, which are the ones closest to suns. You have the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars. Um, well, Earth is essentially you <laughs> in the chart. Um, and, then, and then we have um, the outer planets, which are the further ones away, which is Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus and Neptune and Pluto. And so the inner planets represent who, who we are, that we're just like, this is me, this is who I am, like our sun personality, even if you just learn about that, it's better than nothing. It's like, that is your core personality. That's something to know about. There is like gifts and challenges. There's also a core desire that you're going to always be like coming from that is so important to understand so that you're not just like sabotaging that desire. Um, And so the other part of it is like the inner planets represent, you know, inner feminine, inner masculine, how I think, how I feel, how I process and learn and communicate all of these things that we can really identify with. This, This is me. This is this is who I am. And then the outer planets represent the external world in a sense. It represents the, your partners, your, your bosses, your community, your parents, your every, everyone that you see externally. And so how the planets are dancing with one another, or in astrology we call them aspecting, creates that beautiful or crazy sacred geometry that you see in the middle of your chart. And so that actually is really an important part because that creates the patterns. And so any time that somebody has a pattern in their life that they find over and over and over, immediately I can look at a chart and see those patterns. Like, so when somebody's just talking to me, I'm like, I'm already seeing, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you're an Aries, but Saturn's like squaring you. You know, it's like, I can just guess it because based on like how they express their Aries or what the, what's their story, you know? It's like every time I try to create some man shuts me down. It's like, oh, okay, like Saturn's opposing your moon or whatever, you know? So it's like, we have these, these patterns that we just find over and over. And so what's really awesome about astrology is like, it kind of is funny because I was always like, you spot it, you got it. Or like, whatever, everything's a reflection of you. I kind of like thought that was like spiritual mumbo jumbo, but um, it's actually, it's true. Uh, believe it or not, because um, uh, because 
our outer planets are us, you know, it is encoded inside of us. And so we, we have this holographic imprint encoded in us. We are always, you know, attracting this dynamic, these polarities and these squares. And so if we understand that we're not only our inner planets, but we're also our outer planets and we're meant to actually evolve these parts of us, that's why we attract. I mean, you know, it's like if you're attracting a certain lover, it's like, that's usually some other part of your karmic chart that you haven't fully learned how to integrate. And it doesn't mean that's like, oh, if you're attracting a narcissist, you are a narcissist. It means that you, there's a pattern within that narcissistic, you know, um, yeah, polarity that you need to integrate, that you need to understand what, what is it about that. And, and a lot of times it's found within the outer planet. Um, we work a lot in um, evolutionary astrology um, with the North and the South Node and Pluto because the South Node is, is your karmic attachments, like what you're good at, where you feel home, what everyone fucking wants you to be pretty much or what nobody wants you to be. It's like this thing that's like, you're either really good at it or you're super wounded at it, you know, or both. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's like what you're, you're meant to go towards your North node. And so in that journey to the polarity, and this is the other part of astrology. That's one of my favorite aspects is that it, it works with just, it's not black and white not just masculine feminine not just fire and water it's like we got six polarities and we are working with six of them that really do contain the whole experience of human consciousness and so when we learn what aries is we have to learn libra like you actually it's two sides of the same coin you can't you can pull them apart to get real good at them but in order to actually be a good aries you have to have libra integrated in you because that's the medicine like the polarities even though they seem like they want something opposite from each other they're actually the medicine of the other when when you say polarity so it, it is that got to do with like every horoscope sign has an opposing horoscope sign? Like um, every sign has some one, a sign yeah. that is completely different to them. And so in the superficial astrology, people may say like, oh yeah, we just don't get on. Yeah. Which is, it's such a, I mean, it's a, such a superficial thing because it's, it's, they actually hold them on and it's like, I mean, you kind of need, yin and yang and it's some people are more yang and some people are more yin but we all have it in us it's like we all have a force that's coming out and creating something doing something we all have a force that needs to receive and in fact we're doing that in every breath and every moment and just like with astrology it's like that whole pie graph of aries to pisces contains the whole journey of human consciousness so when you split them up into six pairs it says okay every you know what is the main thing that we need as humans pretty much it's like we need connection and security and safety and we also need individuality and freedom and like freedom to express and and self-actualize like find ourselves you know and it's like you can't have a happy person if you have all the freedom in the world but no security and stability and connection and in fact you know that's what where psychology comes in to flesh some of this out is that um you know babies often 
you know, they're able to explore and be more free when they have a solid base and a solid foundation at which to spring from, at which to leave, you know, and they know that they can come back. They're not being pushed out. They're not being clinged to. It's like they're, they're free to come and ebb and flow. And a lot of um, times these archetypes work like that is that they, they desire what is opposite, but if the, like if Aries doesn't know how to actually feel the other and to know what it's, you know, desires and its own rhythm and what its actions, like how it affects the other, then it's not going to get very good feedback. It's, it's not going to be free for very long because it's going to get like, um, persecuted or shut down or arrested. Um, I know that one all too well. <laughs> you you got to kind of be aware of, um, of, of some things. And so it's not also just the polarities. We also have squares. And so in astrology, it's, you know, this gets a little complicated, but we have mutable, fixed, and cardinal. And basically those all have a square in them. And this is super fascinating to understand these squares because it's, you know, if you're going to be an Aries, then you got to also know that there's external Capricorn government structure and duty and responsibility to navigate. How do those things square each other? Government, tribe, everything says you have a duty as an individual to like work for the people and to support the seven generations before and after and all these things. And it's like, yes, that is true. And also the individual needs to feel free. It needs to not just be like held down by tradition and dogma and like, you know, getting the life force energy sucked out of them by some tyrannical empire that's patriarchy, you know? Um, so then we have what we're having right now, which is Mars square, Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter and Capricorn. And so it's like, what? Everyone's like, we want freedom and like black lives matter. And you can't fucking like hold us down anymore. Like the overarching system isn't supporting the actual individual in a healthy way. And so the individual is rising up and it's going to like fight back and it's going to tear down. You know, there needs to be that rebellious nature inside so that the empire or the structure, um, stays healthy. You know, there, there needs to be a little trickster rebellious, Thing inside of that right but then also you can't just be a bunch of aries that are like i do what i want all the fucking time and like i don't answer to nobody and like i'm not aware of anyone else's feelings but my own it's like no that that energy actually needs to be refined and and know like how does it mask it or like that fire and those desires how are they best channeled into something that creates um a system and an empire that that people want to live in right so um, you find this throughout the whole chart or throughout the whole um, system of, of, of archetypes with astrology. You find these squares and these polarities that if you understand them, they stop just fighting and be traumatizing each other. And they end up being so fucking amazing. Like that warrior ends up plugging into the right system and creates such a like powerful way for that fire and all of his desires to get truly met and actualized in the world because it's supported with something that's like foundational and, and, you know, working with a whole. Um, Do you think that 2020 is a 
like that we were destined to have a year like this with astrology. Like, I wonder how much of the planets provide us assistance to say, like, have the revolution. Like, how much can you actually vision with the planetary alignment that we as human beings could also tap into to say that, like, now is the time? I mean, I think, like, there's almost, like, no other way I could look at it, really. It's like, if anyone was listening to astrologers, like, it's like everyone knows. It's like we even, like, the, the, the first wave, the second wave, the third wave. It's like it's, it's already timed, you know, and, and, and they also come in waves. And so it's every single time where this has, like, fruited up in a sense to, to add to. And that's why it's so magical to see how they all work together when we start to see the context of everything. Because as soon as, you know, COVID happened, everything shut down. But then that wasn't enough. It was like Venus had to go retrograde. And then Venus is like, yeah, but how does it really hit you home? You know, like what really matters? And then it's like Black Lives Matter was just like, boom, this is up. This cannot be denied anymore. What do we value? We fucking value life and we value like people being treated equally and like who's going to fight for it, who's going to stand up for it, who's going to stop paying, you know, and it's like Venus rules the money and all the things that we value and, and all of that. And so when she was retrograde and it's all, it was in Gemini. So it was just like this huge emphasis on learning and re-educating yourself and, and it all over the internet and, and everything. So it's like all of the, the ways in which wherever the planets are and however they they're yeah they're like supporting each other in it um yeah it, it all flavors it but now that mars you know is is retrograde it's it's going to be a whole nother um iteration to this kind of unfolding and you know it's like as soon as mars went retrograde the fires happened uranus went retrograde and ten thousand lightning strikes came onto california onto land like within two or three days of, of Uranus being retrograde. And, um, and so it's, it's, and Uranus rules lightning and Uranus rules natural disasters. It's in Taurus, which rules our earth. Mars rules fire and war. It's like, you know, it's all playing a part of it. And to me, it's, there's no way in which we cannot have a revolution because when these planets are in Capricorn like this, it's like that is in the sign of power. It is in the sign of earth and our resources and like who's at power and what systems have we created. So of course, slavery and, and all of these really heavy and intense karmic yeah, patterns that we've created whole systems around is going to be coming up. You know, it's like deal with this. And when Pluto and Saturn and Jupiter are all in that together, right in the same place, it's like, they're not going to, they're not going to let us, you don't get a transit like this and then get out of it like without fucking like really changing. It's like that in a sense, the planets are the ones that are like, oh yeah, human ego meets God. Like this is divine intervention. Deal with this. You know, it's like you don't get to have a Pluto square your son and keep the toxic relationship that you were trying to keep because you didn't want to like let it go. It's like, no, it's like you can hold on to that shit as long as it. And then the third time around, Pluto says fucking 
die or let it go. And you know what I mean? It really feels like that sometimes. And I fucking did. I like almost died. I like really try to like not let go of some, like some, I like really like spent, you know, as an astrologer, it's like, don't you know that things are happening? But it's like, yeah, but sometimes your ego is like such a like little bitch that like doesn't want to let go. I spent like four years, like trying to talk the gods into like letting me hold on to a pattern that they're like, you're destined girl to let that shit go and like, let it be unraveled. And that's like, you know, really it's like the, our government's not, it's like Trump of like, they're not gonna they're not gonna let it go they're gonna literally like wait till pluto beats their hands their bloody dead like white knuckled hands until they can't hold on to the oil and the coal and all of the power anymore and that's unfortunate to say uh, i would love for something else to happen like a revelation and people just like open up their hands and like open to the higher octave of capricorn because it's amazing but um but so far our culture has has decided to really express the low octave um, frequencies of these planets and these archetypes. And so, and so we see what we, what we see. What the fuck is next? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that would take up our whole thing, I think. Um, But I will say what I can say about that is that we're, we're in a, we're in a cycle of a lot of Capricorn and then we have, you know, Mars and Aries it's, it's saying, and it's retrograde. It's, it rules Aries. So it's, it's saying, okay, any part of us that is like ego, individuality, our fire, our will, our sex, our like, you know, like how do we, how do we move in the world? How do we create the things that we're, how do we do what we're doing? Right. It rules all of that drive and it's, it's being initiated and, squared by the government, by external authority, and this need to reclaim power because Capricorn, yeah, it rules patriarchy and external authority, but really it rules internal authority as well. And so when our ego and our drive and our fire and our desires are being challenged, it's saying, can you let that fire and those desires get refined And so that you can actually be your own internal author. And then Mars gives us that energy to slice through, like fucking slice through the shit so that, you know, the illusions that is keeping us hooked and drained and enslaved. And so to me, I feel like there's going to be, you know, a big, it's leading us into, you know, the elections. So, you know, it can look like a war or it can look like some serious rebellious devastation if we want to express it that way, um, it's up to our collective how we want to express it. In our life, I hope you know everyone chooses refinement and to reclaim their fire and their desires and their direction in a way that like sustains them and the whole. Um, but we have a collective choice, you know, choices to make with that, um, which is going to lead us into the election. Like I said, and I think that that uh, well, that's for America. Um, <laughs> I'm getting a little like American minded, <laughs> like everyone has an election because we're all American. <laughs> yeah, but I love that because so much of what I was hearing was that like, you know, tying in with the 
what is around us is a reflection of innately what is within us. And if we're looking at the Capricorn space, it's really about how do we create a government within ourselves, you know, because actually a reflection of this system is a reflection of human morals and ideas and what we are complacent to, what we decide to spend our money on, what we decide to uphold in terms of this societal structure. And really like I, 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 what I hear is like in order to have that refinement, to go into those higher octaves, to, to tap into that higher frequency is that we need to understand there's a systematic change that needs to happen within our own being in order to create change externally. Absolutely. And you're also flavoring what is coming next, which I love um, because you're, this is something that you're so a ally for. You're such a, a voice to this part of our journey right now, you know? Um, so let me just say it in very like simple terms before moving into like what that, that next um, ceremony is that, that I feel you're such a part of. Um, but the, the Capricorn journey is like the deconstruction, like how have we, like who we put in power? What have we chosen to create without power? And what systems need to be dismantled as a result? Um, how does that reflect in the way that we've completely mined and raped the people in the earth, you know, because it, it's Capricorn, it rules the earth. And Uranus is in Taurus. And so it's saying we're going to have a lot of volatility around the earth. And we've been seeing it since Uranus moved into Taurus. We've had more natural disasters than ever recorded in history. And so that's just going to keep amping up. It's going to show us like there has to be a change in consciousness around our relationship with our resources in our earth. And Mars going retrograde is highlighting that individuality. It's highlighting that part of it. You know, Mars and Venus, I feel like that's what brings it home for us. It's like Venus is like, what do we value? You know, how does our money and our like relationships and our relationship to our body represent what we value? And then Mars is like, yeah, what do you value? What do you fight for? What do you have energy for? And where's that energy going? You know, so it's, it's kind of bringing that individual, those two pieces, I think, are bringing in that deep individual alchemy that needs to happen so that we can um, make these changes collectively. And then so what I feel like is so interesting, too, is just knowing that Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter are all moving into Aquarius after this. And so Pluto's not going to be there until 2024. So we still have like, you know, we still have some time where Pluto's like, we're going to make sure this like, transformation happens with with power that it's the new age it's this like you know um localization you humanitarian everyone is connected let's create these like little unique individual pods that are all interconnected and woven together to like evolve humanity which is like fuck yes this is the high dream like when we see these like drawings of like plants all on the buildings and little space bubbles of like magical worlds and sustainability inside and everyone's like living in this like technological slash jungle <laughs> at the same time all connected to each other i think that that is like the high dream of aquarius right we've been you know echoing this especially in like spiritual or new age or festival kind of like cultures for, for a long time, you know, um, we've been echoing this vision of the Aquarian age, um, which is different than like what's happening now, which is like, we're, we're going into a ceremony of Aquarius, but, um, it's, it's also 
the new world order fear and the 5G technology and the microchips and everyone being, you know, scanned and like you, you have to have a microchip to buy and sell any goods and you're getting scanned and like they can read everything and you're kind of, you know, we're going to go into some one world order where we're hooked into a, a whole system and we have no individual freedom. That is, that is also a component of Aquarius. And so there's, there's the fears already, um, they're already, aris you know, arisen and we've already been feeling and creating the fears of this transit for however long. And, and we've also been creating the fantasies of the high dream of this. And so it's funny because you know, it's, we're in a relationship with these planets for so long that we don't even realize how much has, has infiltrated and, and colored our entire culture, you know, um, because, you know, it's kind of like when you're in a relationship, you have fears of what that relationship is going to be. And then you have the high dream. And the high dream usually keeps you in it. And the fears like keep you like, you know, swinging and peeing and doing all your shit that you do. But um, yeah, anyways, I guess what I'm saying is that I think it's going to look a little bit like both. Like, unfortunately, unless our collective really does have like, you know, aliens come down and shock everyone and, you know, like whatever our collective has to have in order to have like a mass spiritual awakening in a sense that awakens them to hopefully choose a higher octave version of these, this archetype um, or this, these planetary transits. I think that like, it might look a little bit like some people are going to unhook and like localize and really activate new technologies and to get back into our bodies and to get back into the land and, and, you know, do these things that, that it can bring us into a deeper connection with each other and our tribes and all the things or, um, or, and it, it also might look like the scary version of Aquarius that could be very disconnected and, and very, um, uh, like a scientific experiment that is, um, yeah, creating some sort of like AI technology that like ends up enslaving or killing humans or whatever, you know, it's like any, any kind of weird thing of like, we're all connected to the 5G network and then we can't be in touch with our creativity or psychic nature and our earth and our body because it's like, there's so much shit frequencies going into us and we're like already gridded into this mainframe thing that's like, you must go this way now. It's like, that already is happening in a sense. So if they're going to up it, if they're going to amp that up, it's going to be um, that much more to navigate. And yeah. I, I do think that we're, we're having a huge challenge right now to um, understanding like our internal authorship. Like I was like, I think we're a ninja training because we can't get wrapped up in like what the fuck everyone's saying is happening because everyone's like on these different spin outs of everything. And it's like, we can't, you know, put our heads in the sands either, but there's a part of it that's just like, people are going batshit crazy. They've been batshit crazy. They make unhealthy decisions. Doctors don't know what the fuck they're talking. Like nobody knows hardly anything. All the people that are in power are like some of the least educated in like actual healing or anything that is legit. <laughs> and so like in a sense, we, we almost ha are given this major challenge to, to really source our intuition in, inside and be like, yes, the news is saying this. 
yes, everyone around, yes, everything's burning, yes, this is happening, and where am I meant to be right now? What am I meant to do right now? What am I pulling through? What is dying inside of me? What am I birthing? We've got to get clear with that more now than ever because a lot of people are going to go into, you know, like if they're hooked into the old power systems, it's like their shit's dying. So they're going to like, it's crazy because what I see is like this projected future. It's like this, these last years with the feminine uprising with, um, you know, everybody talking about like power imbalances with men and women and what feels like the, the, tech the 5g the the man made is like feels so forceful and and masculine and that that energy is needed but not in in an overbalance it's like we have a choice right now whether we're going to go into a man-made future where all of our structures become man-made or whether we're going to go into an earth-based structure wherever all of our structures go back to the old ways of working with the rhythms of nature and like we need to start making a choice as individuals right now what we want because i i i really don't think that the man-made structures are going to inevitably end in good health no totally not and i do think that a big part of that has to do with you know capricorn it's like we've created so like religion and our time and our calendar and so much of our gravity of the things that we've of this patriarchal system that has created is is taking us out of cyclical nature. It's taking it out of our intuition, out of, you know, everything that represents like the dark feminine, but, you know, also even healthy. Yeah. Just, I mean, you know, it all, but like healthy versions of, of Jesus, like of the masculine, of the sky energy of the sun. It's like, we've really actually taken a lot, um, of masculine and feminine energies and and contorted them in such a way that that it's caused a lot of like severing and trauma i think yeah and that's why i do think that like something about christianity and slavery and and all of this it's like it's really i think gonna come like i think some major like disillusionments or at least people really getting aware of how the invisible shackles of Christianity have painted in a huge way what we have, like what we are experiencing on the earth, you know, at this time for a long time. Okay. I know this, I'm just really juicy and into this conversation, but I want to ask you a practical question around tapping into higher frequencies. Like Mm. what, what would you suggest to our listeners who maybe don't know how to do that or what, what do they need to do in order to kind of access this new pathway to change the future? Right. Well, I mean, I think that it's kind of what I, I feel like it's what I devote my life to, but it's, it's not just in astrology, but I think that that's probably the main part of it. So my, my first thing is like learn astrology and learn it from people that actually have a relationship to the higher octaves because they can only bring you so far. And so a lot of astrologers, like they're, they're really amazing, but they only, they might only have a relationship 
to, I mean, a lot of, you know, traditional astrology is, has been very like malefic. You know, if you talk about Uranus, it's going to be a certain thing. And if you talk about Saturn it's, it's, and Pluto, and it's understandable because it's, it's a for real fucking thing that we experience it like that. And if we can touch the higher octaves and, and learn how to see them, feel them, then it's easier for us to bring ourselves into that state when we get triggered. And, and I, I feel like this, but this is with anything. So it's like with ganja, it's like there's a certain, you know, like there's a certain, you know, frequency that happens when people are addicted to her and they're merging their relationship and they're, you know, she's got all this, like, you know, she's got her essence inside of like so much, you know, drugs and crime and just, you know, just so much. And one time I saw people smoking her and I saw her like contort this like image of her essence, like revealed itself to me. And I just like looked over and saw the smoke and she showed her face and it contorted in this like, almost like oozing, like seductress, but that was just like, addicted and kind of, I mean, it was a pretty like low octave side of her. And I like got kind of grossed out and like blew the smoke out of my face. Like, Oh, and she's like, don't you leave me like this? Like, you know me. And I like immediately went back and I was like, you're right. And I like reached up and I held space. Like I even like, I put my hand straight up and was like, I started doing energy work to hold space for who I know her essence to be and how she's revealed herself to me. And in that moment, it's like I could hold space to see the whole octave, you know, the full spectrum of her. And it's kind of like when we love people, it's like sometimes they're their pain, body, contorted, jealous, like fractured, traumatized, wounded part. And it's like, they don't look pretty anymore. And they look like, oh my God, like what's wrong with you? This is not the person that I know, you know, but then if you know that, that higher octave version of them, it's like you can hold space for them to step back into that. It's not that we don't, we ignore the whole journey in between, but it's, it's really finding that way to, to reach and, and to really, yeah, hold space for it in a sense. And hold space sounds like it's kind of a hard to like, <laughs> it's not a very tangible thing to say, but I guess what, uh, practically what that would be like is what is the journey of transmutation from that space? So learning how to alchemize, like I, I'm, I'm obsessed with making everything fuel. It's like somebody wants to persecute me or like sabotage or shut me down or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's fuel, baby. Like that's fuel for this fire. Like every time you call me a fucking witch or a slut or a whore or like whatever it is that you want to call me, I'm going to like bring that onto the like pier of the witch that was burnt. And then I'm going to rise up into the, you know, like the, the powerful moon worshiping dark feminine that's like you can't burn me i will always come back and it will and it will be a worship you know it will be like an actual dance of art and i think actually making art has been like I, i'm writing slam poetry and i'm just like obsessed with it. it's like every time i get super triggered i'm like doing martial arts or dancing or i'm writing the spoken word poetry and it's like reweaving spells in a sense yeah and i love that because you're also Cheers. taking energy in and when you take that energy in whether it be negative or positive what you do with creation and that's why art is so amazing is that you create something different the same as you speak about the smoke with ganja or marijuana it's like 
it, we live in this world that's so science-based in our society where people have neglected spirituality, but how can you believe science, which is like based on the form that we exist within an energetic um, sphere that has energy all around it, that like they talk about, you know, um, uh, action reaction, but then we somehow completely dismiss this idea of energy in the spiritual world because it's so woo woo because we've blinded ourselves to it. And like that, really, the way to move forward into these higher octaves is to look at the negative energy as human beings and to be able to psychologically change our ideas around what that means to our own sense of self. Because essentially, we can't be penetrated by words. You know, like they they can they can come at us, but they're just a form of like the English language is just a form of sounds all being kind of kind of aggressively thrusted in your face it's the worst language ever but you know we have the power to put a shield up we have a power to say no I'm not going to take that or I'm actually going to sit with this marijuana if I want to take it and like look at the deep reverence of this thing until I see her like it's yeah. not an expectation that we should just be raised to know that magic is existing in and around us. It is work and dedication and dedication to our yes. to understand that we have to sit with something to understand what its essence is and what its spiritual form is. And to deny spirituality in this world is to deny your ancestry. It's to deny our belonging as human beings on this planet. It's to deny our innate connection and, and, and understanding that if that's what our core needs, need is, then we need to work to get back there. Absolutely. And I love that you said dedication to magic. That's like, to me, what I feel this Mars retrograde means to me is like, how devoted to magic are you? Are you willing to abandon yourself to try to find magic with this other person? Or, you know, it's like, if you're really devoted to magic inside of yourself and inside of everything, how much different would our actions or our lives look like you know i just think it's the most beautiful thing to be devoted to magic because it's also like connection to me you know like letting this flower be free too it's about freedom and that's why i think this capricorn thing too is happening because it's the unraveling of the systems that has oppressed us all you know and so it's like when we actually can understand that we all need to have this like rewilding happen, even the flowers, even the plants, because it's like the, we will see how the domestication has not, it's not just affected us, but it's affected everything as a result. And this earth is going to keep shaking and, and fucking roaring and burning and raging if we can't realize that like we can't put concrete over her kidneys to free her energy up so that it can move in the way that is aligned. You know, we can't burn her lungs and then expect that the world is going to keep giving to us. I have, um, I have one more question and I know that we were going to have a completely different conversation today, but I'm going to obviously come back to you because I, I really want to get into what we were going to discuss, but I also think that right now this is a super poignant conversation to be had and could really help to, you know, give people a little bit of advice about right here, right now. Um, so I'm going to bring yeah. you back onto the show later so that we can have another chat and so cool. we'll catch up. 
Um, but I, I want to end with one final question. So the, the podcast is called It Takes Courage to Tell the Truth. And the whole idea is that we, mm. we've, we've been living a lie, you know, the indoctrination of our education mm. system, the way that our hospitals are actually businesses and everything in which I think the system works is under the smoke and mirrors. It, it's not giving us the reality mm-hmm. that we need on how to exist as healthy beings. And so yeah. what, do you, what do you know to be the biggest truth that you've unveiled in this um, human lifetime? Mm. The, the biggest truth? That's a, a big fucking question. <laughs> the biggest truth. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just going to say what first comes to me and we'll see if that turns out to be the biggest truth. But I think that for me right now, what feels really, it's, it's in a similar thread of being devoted to the magic. And what I feel is that I'm, I'm devoted to the psychedelic or transcendental like flow state. And I feel like that is what I feel is the most healing, most transformative like goal. It's like if, if there was anything that I could go for, it's to enter into that flow state. I call it the dragon state, but now I've, I've read a book. It's called Stealing Fire um, that they've done a scientific study. And there's something that I was calling the dragon state for most of my life and, and they call it the flow state. And, um, and what basically it feels like it's like that it's the thing that Chinese, like Qigong just drops you into immediately or anything that you go into where it's that deep place of presence and connection. And it's where this like gravity less feeling happens to where it's like, you're, it's, it's, you're not just connected to your own energetic system and your body's like moving and it's, you know, energy system is working in alignment, but you're also slotted into the earth's energy and then you're slotted into everything, you know? And so it's about that transmutation that we're talking about. It's about bringing in that, the high octaves that we're talking about and learning how to bring everything into us and, and channel it, fuel it, transmute it as, as medicine, you know, and, and being hyper present in a way, in every aspect. And so whatever can bring us into that state is what I devote my life to. But I think it's ultimately to be in that state all the time, you know? And I think that if we could just do everything in that state, so much of our relational and physiological, um, environmental, everything would be, um, yeah, healed as a result because there's no dissonance that's really allowed inside of that state. I love that truth. I was just going to say, and just to bring it back to like what's happening right now is like this dismantling of the power systems and the structures. And like you mentioned, the education and the, and the, you know, medical systems and the food systems and all the systems that we've created, they've all actually been systematically engineered specifically to bring people out keep people out of that state of consciousness. Everything has been monetized that, that holds the keys to that state. Every religion, every practice, every, anything that brings you into that state has almost been controlled and monetized in a, in a way to control the way that we go into it. Absolutely. It's a good truth. Yeah. 
Welcome to Mythbusters. <laughs> um, Erica, thank you so much for joining me and having a chat and going deep into some big truths. I really appreciate your um, brain and I love conversing with you and I just love going into deep little wormholes where we find out our own truths as well as being able to highlight some truths around what's currently going on in the world. So I'm really excited to have you back in another show and we can talk about what we we're originally going to talk about, but I really, yeah, I, I feel like leave it to the planets and they allowed us to converse the way that we did. <laughs> How can people connect with you if they want to learn more? I know you give readings and um, you also have a course coming up. So you want to talk a little bit how people can connect with you? Yeah, so um, my name is Arakai Moon. Um, I'm found on Instagram and Facebook, mostly on Instagram though, and I have a YouTube channel where I do new moon and full moon or different planetary transit kind of updates. And uh, I have a course on seduction and power and attachment and intimacy. And it's really about just, yeah, uh, this exact dragon state. Awesome. Yeah, and thank you so much. Um, you're just an inspiration. You're absolutely one of my favorite people, pretty much in the world and I just really adore the way that you revolutionize and all the things that you work for are just such um, allies for a lot of what these planets I feel like are really bringing us into this initiation so just thank you for being that voice and that that dynamic ally to this yeah this like revolutionary shift that we've got going on.
Today on the show, um, joining me is Arakai Moon. Arakai, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> hey, so we're going to talk a lot. <laughs> 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 okay. okay okay it's a show it's a radio show yeah 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 we got it we got this we got this okay so 